0: how's everybody doing today? Glory, glory, glory. Hey, uh, just walk across the room. That's our sermon series, and that's what we're doing. Um, Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. We did the um, Knickerbocker Trunker Treat yesterday. We gave out a thousand bags of candy. Uh, It was fantastic um great great time was had by all you guys brought in candy we had candy here we packed up a thousand bags it took us 38 minutes you guys did it in record time that was amazing uh the bags held out until 3 p.m so we were stoked we gave out lots of candy to the kids uh they played uh cornhole which was fantastic they seemed to have a lot of fun doing that and um it was just a good time we got out there we prayed for a few people and uh handed out some cars, and invited a whole bunch of people to church. So, amen. We just walked across the room to Meckerbocker Park, and, you know, we were just there. You know, we just became part of the community. And we'll see what God will do. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, we're in walk, just walk across the room. This week's message is entitled, Your Own Before and After. And so, here's the reality is that we all have a story to tell. We all have a before and after with God. We all were one way before we came to know Christ, and now we're a different way because we know Christ. We used to be one way, but then the love of God transformed us, and now we're a different way. I used to be dead in my sins But the love of God transformed me, and now I am alive. I used to be bound for hell, but now because of the love of God, I'm going to heaven. I used to be caught up in myself, but now I'm caught up in God and what he loves. Your own before and after. And if we were to put a a little label underneath, it's the power of testimony. Why is your before and after so powerful? It's because it's the power of testimony. You all have a testimony. You all have something that happened in your life, that God did in your life, and it's powerful. I don't care how simple it may seem. I don't care if you got saved on a Tuesday at a prayer meeting after going to church for your whole life, and nobody really took notice. It doesn't matter. It's still powerful. God still did something amazing. I love in the book, Bill talks about how his testimony, he says, isn't really anything fantastic. But he's told it time and time and time and time again. And seen person after person and after person come to Christ as a result of simply sharing the testimony. Revelations chapter 19 verse 10b, which means the second half of the verse, says that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of Of prophecy. And so when we testify about what Jesus has done, we're actually prophesying about what Jesus is going to do. So when we tell somebody our testimony about what God did for us, we're actually letting them know, hey, this is what God did for me. He can do the same thing for you. God transformed my life. He can transform your life. This is the testimony of what God did for me. And I'm telling you, This is what God can do for you. And so as I talk about what he did, I'm talking about what he can do. Because God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. His ways are changing, but he remains the same. His principles, his character, he is the same. His love is never-ending. His love is unchanging. Pastor Tom says it this way, a man with an experience is never at the mercy of a man with an argument. You can argue all you want. You can argue until you're blue in the face. You can talk until you run out of breath. You can talk to me until your last day. And I don't care because I have had an experience with Jesus. I know what he did in my life. I know what happened in my life as a result of my coming to him. And I don't care how long you drone on about whatever It doesn't change what happened. I have this experience. I have this history with God. And you can't take it away. You can't change my history. You can say what you want about it, but you can't change it. And so when I share my testimony, I'm sharing my history with God. I'm sharing my experience with God. And there's no argument. You can't argue. You simply can't argue. A well-told testimony is a great tool to have when you're looking to walk across the room and share Jesus with someone. Guys, a well-told testimony, I said well-told, you got to tell it right. A well-told testimony is a great tool to have to be able to share the love of God with someone to evangelize, to share the gospel the way that the Bible told us that we should. We should all be evangelizing. We should all be sharing the gospel. We should all be doing this. And so let's do it well, amen? So we're going to learn to tell our testimony effectively, effectively. I can tell you stories, and you can get bored out of your mind, and you're going to be like, what is he going on for? Or I can tell you stories and you're like, oh, that was good. Oh, that was good. How many of you have ever been, right, around, you've, we've, all got that per, we've all got that friend, we've all got that relative. They tell jokes and they just can't, they just don't get it right, right? The punchline just isn't there. You're like, dude, you gave it away. Just I would have laughed if. <laughs> stories are the same way. We can learn to tell jokes. We need to learn to tell stories. We need to specifically learn to tell our story, our story, our story with God. A good personal testimony can be told in 45 seconds. What? 100 words or less. 45 seconds. You ready? (laughs) this is the reality this is the reality look at this isn't just somebody pulled a number out of a hat this is research 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 they figured it out they boiled it down you should be able to tell your testimony in 45 seconds you should have be able to write it out in 100 words or less how many of us can do that I'm seeing only a couple of hands. Y'all need to go to small group this week. Y'all need to get engaged group this week. Every one of us, every one of us, every one of us. Go, 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 go. This is a great tool. How many of you want to be better at sharing the gospel? Everyone does. Every hand is up. How many of you can tell your testimony in 45 seconds? Three hands went up. So that means that 97 of you need to go to small group this week. I'm seeing 100% participation this week. <laughs> you all want to get better at ter- telling, get, sharing the gospel, but none of you can tell your testimony. So small group, engaged group, let's go. I don't hear too much excitement. I don't hear too much excitement. <laughs> too much excitement. We, just, we just prove the fact that we all need to go to engaged group because what's going to happen? We're going to help you. Tell your story. That's what's going to happen this week in Engage Group. That's what this week's week is about. That's what it's all about. That's what we're here about today. That's what we're here about in Engage Group this week. That's what we're doing. We're going to get better at telling our story. How many of you love good, to- good storytellers? I know. You're here. <laughs> I don't say that with pride. When, when the kids were little, we used to go camping and we used to you know have a campfire and there's one story and if i started telling it right now they could probably finish it because it's the story that my father told me and so good stories start with number 1 a good story but you have to be able to tell the story after i told the story probably a dozen times or more around the campfire one of the kids decided i'm going to tell the story this time and so they did they were young we let them go, and they didn't tell it nearly as well, and the, the, the other kids were like, it was better when dad told it. And I'm, I have no pride here, okay? But this was just because they hadn't learned, right? You got to learn how to tell that story. You got to learn how to hold those punchlines out a little bit. You got to learn to like put a little bit more space in there, a little bit more suspense in there. You just got to learn to be able to tell a good story. And so, no different, guys. Um, we're going to look at some of the pitfalls today. And we're going to talk a little bit more about telling your story in, yes, just 45 seconds and why that's important. John chapter 4, we see different testimonies all throughout Scripture, all throughout Scripture. I've pulled up just a couple. John chapter 4, verses 28 and 30, the woman at the well. Jesus meets this woman at the well. It says, Then the woman left her water pot, went her way into the city, and said to the men, Come and see a man who told me all the things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Then they went out of the city and they came to him. Here's the story that the woman told. Come and see a man who told me everything that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? 18 words. 18 words. How long did that take me to say? About 10 seconds. What was her testimony? Jesus told me everything I've ever done. Could this be the Christ? 18 words, including an invitation. Come and see. Come and see. There's the testimony. What's the testimony? What's the most important thing about your testimony? Too many times we we highlight things that don't need to be highlighted. Too many times we get off into tangents testimony pitfalls. Here they are. There are some pitfalls that we can fall into when we're telling our testimony. The first one is long-windedness, long-windedness. I love this chapter. Uh, if, you, if you haven't read it, go through and read it. Get the book. Read it. It's, it's hilarious. Um, um, Bill's a little ruthless in talking about the different uh, pitfalls here, long-windedness, right? How many of you have ever been in a conversation where you're just dying to get out of it? Like you're in a conversation with somebody and you're like, will they ever stop talking? Will they ever stop? How? I can't even get a word in edgewise. I can't even respond. I can't even ask a question here. Long-windedness. No, we, don't, we, we should never do that. This is why like 45 seconds, 45 seconds. Just boil it down long-windedness. I'm so I'm so tired of listening to to what you're saying that I not only do I not only do I I just don't ever want to get in a conversation with you again. So if you go to that church, I'm never going there. I just don't ever want to get in this conversation again. These are real things that people think when they're having conversation. I don't want to go there. I don't want to do that. I don't want to I don't uh, We turn people off by the way we do it, by the way we say it. Fuzziness. Fuzziness is another pitfall. We get so excited. Oh, let me tell you. And we tell them a thousand things about God, about our experiences with God, about things that may have happened, about... We start quoting scripture and throwing things out there, but nothing is tied to anything. And it's a thousand random facts. And people are like, I have no idea. I mean, I, I, I get that you're excited, but why? I get that. Like, you said there's great music, but there's great music when I turn on the radio. You said that there's, but I get that, and you just don't, it, I'm not, you're saying something, and it's not coming through. Can you be a little bit more clear? This is why we should write it out. This week, we're going to write it out, 100 words or less. Write out your testimony. You may think, I don't have a testimony. Yes, you do. Was there a day of salvation? Yes, there was. Were you one way before, and are you a different way now? Absolutely. And that's what's important. What's important? The transformation that Jesus brought to your life. This is the greatest thing. I was one way, and now I'm another Another pitfall, religionese, right? Religionese, religiosity. I got saved. The Holy Spirit came upon me. The old man is dead. What? You killed your dad? (laughs) Saved from what? I'm born again. I understand. These words are in the Bible, and and they're there. and, And yes, they're real. But we have to understand when we communicate with people who don't know Jesus, who have never read the Bible, we need to remove all of that language so that they can understand what really happened. You know, I'm a reader and I'm a a fair reader. I read often. And a lot of times I can tell from context what happened or what, what certain words mean if I don't know the meaning. But when we start to talk about theological stuff, we start to introduce certain words: "saved," "old man," "dead." You know, they have meaning, and there's new meaning in Christ, and they won't understand that until they've gone through some foundations and things. And so, we need to be careful to remove those words from our from our testimony. We need to get those those words out of our hundred words and put in. What they really mean so that there can be real understanding. Because if someone truly understands the gospel, it's irresistible. If people were to truly understand the gospel, it's irresistible. It's actually irresistible. You actually can't help yourself but to come to Christ when you truly understand the gospel. There's a veil, and this is why we pray. Prayer is important, but we need to be clear and be able to actually tell them what the gospel is, what the gospel's done. Because if they hear it, if they understand it, it's irresistible. I'm not irresistible. It's the gospel. It's what Jesus is doing in my life that's irresistible. It's him. It's him. It's him superiority <laughs> superiority well I'm I'm a Christian and I'm saved and I'm going to heaven but you oh no you want to turn somebody off quick there it is superiority how many of you like to ha- hang around people that think they're better than you are that's funny not one hand went up I <laughs> not one nobody likes to hang around with people that think they're better nobody we, don't, we, we will avoid those people. You do avoid those people. So don't be one of those people. No superiority. Here we go. Last and not least, weird God stories. You go, to tell, <laughs> you go to tell your story, you go to share your testimony, and you start off with a weird God story. We all have it, right? We all have that weird story of what God did for me, uh, There's several in the book. We've all got one. I could write several. I mean, they're weird. The Holy Spirit did something. It's completely unexplainable. There's no rhyme. There's no reason. It's absolutely God. But I'm here to tell you something, guys. It's weird. It's just weird. And it doesn't help. It doesn't help them to understand what God did. I love the story that Bill tells in the book, right? He's in the, he's in the, if you haven't read the book yet, I'll tell you. If you have read the book yet, I'm going to tell you anyway. He's getting ready to get on the airplane, so he's captive. Starts talking to this guy, and he's like, or no, the guy started talking to him on, on uh, he, he initiated, the other guy initiated the conversation. You're not going to believe this. God woke me up at 2.22. The next night, he woke me up at 3.33. The next night, guess what happened? Let me guess. He woke you up at 4.44. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, that's right. right. How did you guess? This is a weird God story. It's funny. It's cool. But it's weird. And it's not going to help somebody understand the transformation that happened in God's life. And whether or not it helps them believe or not is a big question mark. Right? We tell weird God stories because we think this is undeniable right? We tell the weird God story because we're like, this is undeniable. This is great. You need to, you need to listen to this story. The reality is, is that they're like, well, that's just coincidence. See, we, we as Christians know that there are no coincidences. I have a weird God story. We were headed to church. We were just saved. I was just saved. And, uh, we were working, we, 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 came on Saturday night, Saturday night alive. we had service here at uh seven o'clock on saturdays and so maybe it was earlier i don't even remember and we're rushing after work to get to church and we're coming through Cohoes, and there's a there's a, a a stop there's a stop sign here and there's a car coming this way and we're coming down this way and we've got the right of way and then all of a sudden last second the car at the stop sign pulls out and the car goes this way and the car goes that way and we squeak through the two cars and we miss wow and Stacy says to me, it's a good thing you put your hand on the wheel and moved us or I would have hit them. And I said, I didn't put my hand on the wheel. And she says, I saw your hand on the wheel. I said, my hands were tying my shoes. She said, I saw your hand. You moved the wheel. There was an angel there. That's a weird God story. That's an awesome story. God saved us. Angelic visitation in the automobile on our way to church so that we didn't get in a car accident. Praise God. That's awesome. That's probably not gonna help somebody come to Christ as awesome as that story is. I know you love that story. That's the most response I've gotten out of you on, on uh, you know, without drawing it out of you all day long. You love that story. Don't tell that story. I know you love it. I love it too. Don't tell that story. That's the weird one. That's the one we don't want you to tell. We need to become better at telling our testimony. Because when we share our testimony, when we share what Jesus has done for us, we're telling them what Jesus can do for them. Come on. Amen. John 9. Now it was the Sabbath when Jesus made the clay and opened the man's eyes. And the Pharisees also asked him again how he had received his sight. And so the blind man said to them, he put clay on my eyes, and I washed, and I see. What did Jesus do for you? How did Jesus do this? How did he do it? Twelve words. He put clay on my eyes, and I washed, and now I see. This is what happened. This is what happened. I was blind, and now I see. Here's the story of the man that's born born blind, blind all of his life. Jesus runs into him on the Sabbath, probably not a coincidence. He spits in the dust. He makes mud. He rubs the mud on the man's eyes. He tells him to go and wash in the pool of Siloam. He goes and he washes, and when he washes away the mud, he can see. He can see. He can see. There's a commotion. Everyone starts to recognize that this is the man that's been blind all of his life. He's been blind since birth. We know that he's above uh, probably 18 years old because their parents later say that he is of age. There's this commotion. This is the man that I know. He's been blind for over 20 years, and now he can see how did this happen, what happened. And he begins to share. Jesus healed me Jesus healed me Jesus healed me he put mud on my eyes I washed and now I see the Pharisees get all upset the Pharisees are like what's going on how did this happen and at this point by this time he's boiled down his testimony and he says he put clay on my eyes and I washed and I see 12 words He's boiled it down to 12 words. He didn't start with, well, when I was a little boy, the Pharisees all thought, he didn't start there. He started with what actually happened. Later on, he'll get into this, we see if you read the story, later on, he'll get into this theological discussion with the Pharisees about what happened, about who did it, why? Because they asked him questions. Why? Because it was a good testimony. Why? Because they were interested. He wasn't long-winded. He didn't tell a weird, it's a weird story. It's a weird story. It's a great story. It's an unbelievable story. But he, what the most important part here is that I was this way, and now I'm this way. He is very clear to state, I was blind, and now I see. jumping down in the story 9 through 24 so they at, so they again called the man who was born blind and they said to him give glory to God we know that this man is a sinner he answered and said whether he is a sinner or not i do not know one thing that i know here it is i was blind now i see here's the before and after i was blind now i see six words here's the before and after in six words i was blind Now I see. Then they said to him again, What did he do to you? What did he do to you when he opened your eyes? And then the blind man uh, answered them and said, I told you already. Did you not listen? Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? Come on. (laughs) When we go to tell a testimony, this is what we want people to say. Tell me again what Jesus did. Tell me again. Because why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples? That's great. I'll tell you the story again. I'll tell you the story again and again and again and again. Let me put it on tape. You can take it home and you can play it over and over and over again. It's not going to change. Maybe you'll have some questions. You can come back and ask. He was one way. And now he's a different way. He was blind, but now he can see. And see, we all have this story. My story you know, I've always thought, I'm going to tell my story in 45 seconds, but I want to tell some backstory for you. This isn't for people who would hear my story. This is the backstory for you, so that you can understand where my story comes from. See, I was a good kid growing up. I went to church every Sunday. But I didn't have any relationship with Jesus. And because I lacked relationship with Jesus, I decided I would live my own way. I decided that some of the rules that are in the Bible didn't apply to me. Or that I didn't need those rules. And so, long story short, is that I thought I was okay. I thought I was good. And so if I wanted to really look at my story, I'd be like, yeah, well, you know, I mean, I was a good kid most of the time growing up, and then I found Jesus, and we're good. But there's no before and after there. And that's not actually the reality. The reality is that I didn't believe that the Word of God applied to me. And so I decided to live life my own way. My decisions as a result of that led me down a path and my life became a mess. I surrendered my life to God and he brought me through every single one of those trials with joy and he's blessed my life and now I'm living the best life of anybody I know all because of Jesus. How long did that take? It was less than 45 seconds. How many words were there? I don't know. It wasn't that many. But that's the reality of my story. The reality of my story is that I lived my own life, my own way, even going to church every single Sunday. My life became a mess. And then when I surrendered my life to Christ, he transformed my mess through a test into a testimony. He did it, he did it. I can't take credit for it. All I did was I said, Jesus help. And he came and he did it, he did it. I kept my eyes focused on him I did my part, I obeyed his word better than I had before, not perfectly, but he came and he added to what I was doing every step of the way. It's always about him, it's all about him, it's all Jesus. This is how he transforms your life. And so what's your before and after? Begin to think about it this week. Take some time and sit down and pray about it, think about it. What does your before and after look like? Your life doesn't have to be a train wreck for you to have a good before and after. We've gone through this book um, with young people. Um, All of our kids went through this book. All of our kids grew up in church. Our kids were saved at a young age. They still had a good, powerful testimony. It doesn't matter when you got saved. It doesn't matter what your story looked like before and after. The, The point is that you need to have a before and you need to have an after because you did have a before and you do have an after. What was your life like before Christ? What was your life like after Christ? As we learn to tell this story and as we learn to tell this story better, it's gonna become more powerful. We're gonna see lives transformed simply because we're telling somebody about what Jesus did for me. Because when I tell somebody about what Jesus did for me, we're talking about what Jesus can do for them. If he did it for me, he'll do it for you. If he did it for me, he'll do it for you. If he transformed my life, he can transform your life. Those are words that are spoken without us even saying it. Here's your homework. Here's your homework this week. Write your own before and after. 100 words or less. Write it out. I want it down on paper. You can do it digitally. Write it down. And be able to read it out loud in less than 45 seconds. How many of you know that if we read something out loud, it takes longer than if we read it in our heads? So read it out loud and make sure that it's less than 45 seconds. After you do that, you have one of three choices. You can bring it to your Engage Group when your Engage Group meets this week. You can text or email your Engage Group leader. Or you can email it to info at redeeminglovechurch.org. Write your testimony, write your testimony, write your testimony. Bring it to your engaged group, get it to your engaged group leader, or email it to the church. We're going to go through and we're going to edit them for you. We've assembled a team of people, a team of leaders who are proficient. They're English teachers, some of them, and they're good. They're going to be able to read through we're going to, if we get some long-windedness in there, we're going to be like Xing stuff out. We're going to say, cut this out. We're going to highlight it. We're going to say, cut this out. If we see some religionese in there, we're going to be like, what does this even mean? What are you talking about here? I don't know what this word means. We're going gonna, we're gonna, uh, if to, we, if we get a weird God story, we're going to send it back and we're going to say, no, <laughs> no, heck no. This story, no. Fuzziness, if your story's fuzzy, we're going to be like, do over. Do over. No. If, you're, if, you're, uh, if your testimony, when you mail, email it in, send it in, bring it, you know, it's got an air of superiority, don't open that email. <laughs> Kidding, kidding. We love you guys. There's mercy. No superiority. Write your, write your testimony. Email it in. Come on. We want to we all do this better, right? We all want to get better at walking across the room. When we finally do walk across the room, right, why, why do we want to go through all this trouble? Why are we going through this book? Why are we doing all this? If somebody walked up to you, this is the whole point, and said, what do I have to do to be saved? what would you say? Are you ready? Let me pull out the tool. You've got a tool, and you know what to do. You don't literally pull a tool out of your pocket. I mean, you can. There's an app on my phone that can lead people to Christ. It's called Share Your Faith app. All right, it says you need to, uh, it's, here, just look, watch the video. We can do that. We have technology. We can do that. That's what if what if you 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 build this you do the walk across the room thing you build this relationship with somebody who doesn't know Christ and they're like, so listen you're a Christian you go to church what's up with that why do you why do you like why do you like do that testimony tell your testimony that's the perfect they're asking you they want to know they want to know what happened. And if we can tell them clearly and succinctly what happened, the response we're going to get is questions. The response we're going to get, the response that we want is questions. You start telling your story and somebody goes like this. That is not the response you want. You're probably fuzzy. You're probably long-winded. They're checking out. They no longer have an interest in Christ. You tell your story and then afterwards they're like, what do you mean you know there were certain things that you weren't living right according to the Bible standards? And then we just explain what that is. You want you want them to ask questions. How many of you you see the movie trailer, right? And the movie trailer is supposed to make you want to go and watch the movie. Our testimony is supposed to make them want to ask more questions. Our testimony is supposed to make them want more of Christ, not less. And so if we tell our story clearly, they're going to want more. Tell me more. Tell me more. What was your life actually like before? That might be the question that you get that you may not want to share, but you may. How did God do that in your life? That's the question that we all want. And that's the question that we have the hardest time answering. How did God do it? Because he's God. (laughs) Obviously, that's the answer. God can do things that we can't do. But we need to explain it even a little bit better. And so this is why we need to know how to tell our testimony. So this week, let's put in the hard work. Let's get it done. Let's put our testimony down on paper. Let's figure out how to tell it. Let's practice it. Let's rehearse it a little bit. You know, going back to telling that story around the campfire. It took a little while, but the kids learned how to tell that story. They can tell it just as good as I can. They tell it just as good as I can. And it's an interesting story. And the same thing happens with our testimony. We can tell our testimony really well so that when somebody hears it, they're asking us more questions. They want to know more about Christ. This is our goal in sharing our testimony, and we need to become better at it. We need to put in some time. We need to put in a little bit of effort. We need to, and we're here to help. This week, we're here to help. We've got people that are going to be able to review your, review your testimony, help you to make um, edits and changes so that it's good. It's, it's ready to go, and you're ready to go. Amen? Amen. 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 Hey, listen, if you're here today and you have a before and you don't have an after, you have a before Jesus and you don't have an after Jesus because you've never met Jesus, then we want to ask you, uh, we want to invite you to meet him today. We want to invite you to invite Jesus into your life, the transforming power of love into your life today, so that you can begin the after walk with him. See, we all have this before But where's your kicking off point for the after? Most of us in this room have crossed that line. And most of us in this room have begun, at least begun, some of us are 30 years along, on that after story. We're walking it out. We're still walking it out. We're not perfect yet. We're only perfect on the other side of of eternity. But we've started that walk of that after. And so if you're here today and you want to begin that walk, you want to meet Jesus And walk with him. I want to invite you to pray with me right now. Say, Jesus, I am a sinner. I ask that you would forgive me of my sins. That you would come and live inside my heart. That you would help me to live for you all of the days of my life. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. That you rose on the third day and are seated at the right hand of God. Come and save me from my sins. Heal my body and deliver me from every evil influence in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you just prayed that prayer today, I want to ask you to just check the box. It says, today I follow Jesus as my Lord and Savior for the first time. If you check that box, I'm going to send you some information that explains the decision that you've made and what your next steps would be. Also on the card, it says, this week I will refine my testimony. Write your testimony out. Rewrite your testimony out. When you think you've got it to a good point, it's not fuzzy, there's no weird God story, send it on in, and we're going to check it out, and we'll send it back. Also on the card, it says, share my testimony with one person this week. Share my testimony with one person this week. We're going to receive the offering here in just a moment. Sharing our faith is something that we all need to get better at. Sharing our faith is something that we should be intentional about and it's something that we're all called to do. Sharing our faith is not just for the evangelist. It's for every believer. And this is a real tool that we can put in our in our evangelism bag and when somebody asks, we can tell them, this is what God did for me. I have my own before and after and it's amazing. God did an amazing thing in my life. He brought me through this this trial of my own making that I did because of actions in my life and he brought me through this trial, he gave me joy in the midst of it and now I'm living a blessed life on the other end. That's what God did. There's a lot of specifics there that I just left out. My testimony in 100 words or less is a little bit longer than that but that's the real point of my before and after. I made a mess of my own life because of my own decisions and God transformed me. God made my life what it is today. Come on up, receive the offering today.